Hey, 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 how are you? Happy Wednesday, if you're listening to this on the day that it's published. If not, happy whatever day it is when you're listening. Um, I am still in the process of doing all of answering all of these amazing questions that got sent to me via a Q&A on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, all about email marketing. And so today we're going to answer another question. Today we are talking about how to grow your email subscriber list, how to get more subscribers on your list, how do you go about that and I'm going to give you lots of tips and ways to do that uh, and explain why they're good, not so good, all of that kind of stuff. Before I do that, stupidly quickly, the tickets to the email challenge, the five prompts in five days, close this Friday the 14th of May at 1pm. So tickets are £25. Next week from the 17th to the 21st of May 2021, you will receive a prompt each day that will help you up your game when it comes to email marketing. There's lots of kinds of tips and tricks, how to, oh I almost gave a prompt away there, Uh, how to make sure that you have a list that is engaged, that wants to hear from you and some ideas of campaigns and things that you can send as well. So if that is something that you're looking to do and you're listening to this at the right time, then make sure you grab a ticket. I really hope that I'm going to run it again, but I can't be sure. So now might be your only chance. You may as well invest 25 quid in yourself rather than your weekly takeaway this week and suck up all of that knowledge so that you can grow your email list and you can actually start making some money through email. But I'm going to shut up about that and let's go and answer this question. Okay, so I feel like this could be the shortest episode that I've ever done because brutal honesty, my too long didn't read answer (laughs) is ask. And that might sound really, really daft. And I've just said it out loud and it does sound quite daft, doesn't it? But at the end of the day, one of the reasons why a lot of small businesses aren't growing their email list is because they simply don't promote it enough. Nine times out of 10, this is the case actually with most things. You know, when I work with clients on a one-to-one basis or in the T, in the group program, nine times out of 10, the reason they're not making sales, the reason they're not growing their email list, all of that kind of stuff is because we just forget to ask for the thing that we want, right? And yes, there are certain things which I'm going to come on to, which we kind of have to take into account. But at the end of the day, if you don't tell people repeatedly what you would like them to do and how they can do it and actually what benefit it's going to have for them, then they don't know. And it's almost like in, in 2021, we saw it like last year as well, we're also kind of worried that we're going to piss people off by mentioning these things too often. But it, there comes a point where you have to be absolutely shameless in promoting these things. Because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to. So, you know, if you want to grow an email list, just kind of bear that, pop that in the back of your mind. So uh, just to kind of pick up on point number one that I've written in my notes, which I've just kind of mentioned there as well, is about showing them what benefit it has to them. So this is where the term value exchange comes in. So before you even think about 
growing your list, you might say, okay, one of my goals is that I want to increase my email subscribers by 500 in the next three months. So always have an end goal, of course, something that you're working towards. But when it comes to email marketing, you're essentially asking for that person's personal data, access to their private inbox. Now, I don't know about you, but I get hundreds and hundreds of emails every single day in my personal inbox, in my business inbox. And, you know, brutal honesty, I probably get a lot more than you do, but it's my job. So it'd be silly if I didn't. But at the same time, each and every one of those emails, I've signed up for a reason. There is a level of value exchange. Now, depending on what your business is, so this varies quite dramatically between product-based businesses and service businesses, but some examples could be, you know, you've probably signed up for them yourself, a discount code. If you go onto H&M, New Look, ASOS, any kind of, I always go for clothing websites, but you will generally find that if you sign up to their emails, they will offer you a percentage discount off your first order. Now, as a small business, you might not want to do that, and that's absolutely okay. But just to kind of give an explanation around what value exchange is, that's the most, that's the simplest form that I can give you right now. So thinking about the fact that, you know, New Look get my email address in return for me getting 25% off my first order. Happy days. So I'm giving them something which they want so that they can market to me however often they email. I'm pretty sure New Look are pretty much daily. And in return, I get a discount and I can go shopping. Hooray! Generally speaking, for service-based businesses, you'll you'll see the, the term lead magnet banded around a lot. Technically speaking, all of these things are lead magnets. So it's something that you're creating in order to attract people onto your email list. But when we think about the term lead magnet, that will generally relate to something that you have created for free that has a level of value. So we're thinking about a download, uh, a template, an ebook of some kind is the general consensus. Now, a couple of podcast episodes ago, I actually talked about the topic of, you know, do we actually value free stuff anymore? If you think about how many email lists you've signed up to to download this free ebook that's going to solve all of your problems, how many of those have you got sat on your laptop right now in your downloads folder that you've actually never returned to, you've never opened and you've never used? So something to think about, but from a business perspective, it is a great way to get email subscribers that you can then continue to market to. But one thing that I would say, and almost kind of a caveat, it's about solving a problem for that particular ideal target audience in a quick way. So, you know, thinking about what are they struggling with right now and how can you deliver something that solves that problem? Because when you do that, it's going to instantly build trust. They're instantly going to, if they if they implement it, of course, then they're going to see the result and they're going to trust you. They're going to say, that person knows exactly what they're talking about. I'm going to go check out their services. Or more importantly, I'm not going to unsubscribe from their emails. Another option of value exchange. So you could create some form of quiz. I actually took a quiz about foundation I think it was makeup the other day so very much hosted on their website I answered probably 10-15 questions about my skin type the color do I need it to have SPF in it all of this kind of stuff 
and they were to recommend me a shade that would be perfect for my face but in order to get the answer I had to sign up to their emails. Very great way to keep me engaged and me get something out of the end of it and I'll be brutally honest I haven't actually bought it yet. I don't know if I will but the level of engagement you know it felt very personal. I was giving away personal details. This is my skin type. This is what happens in the sun you know I'm very pale very pasty and I burn very easily so yes I do need SPF in it I think everybody should but totally off topic and it wasn't until I got to the end that you know some people would say oh for god's sake I just won't bother I don't want to give my email address away but by them asking all of those questions it felt like they were getting to know me and therefore it was going to be a much more personal experience And so I was happy to give away my email address. And then they sent me a personal recommendation of what shade it should be, some products that would go with it. Happy days. I can imagine that that probably has an incredibly high conversion rate. But as I say, in order to get that personal recommendation, I had to hand over my email address. So their list is probably building quite significantly. And the last kind of example that I've written down is some form of email course. So again, very much related, probably more towards service-based businesses. I actually did this with a five-day Pinterest challenge. So I put together a download, so like an ebook, And then over the five days, uh, Monday to Friday, actually, I think I did it from whenever they signed up, they would have something that would be in addition to that ebook. If they went away and actually completed it, then at the end of it, they would have a fully optimised Pinterest profile. Now, I still have people signing up to that. And I'll be brutally honest, you can slap me on the wrist. I feel like I owe myself a slap right now. I haven't set up that workflow in my new email service provider. I'm planning on moving again. (laughs) Don't. But that's purely down to the fact as well that since I created that five-day challenge... Although people would still see benefit from it, Pinterest as a platform has actually completely changed. So a lot of that information is probably out of date and I need to find some time to go and update that. But also my business has changed. I'm, you know, as you can probably tell, very much focused on email marketing now. Pinterest isn't an avenue that I want to explore in terms of services. So I have to think about that as well. So there are just a couple of ways to kind of drive sign up. So you offering that value exchange and you know I know as a small business you might not want to offer a discount I get it totally get it but by telling people what they will get in return and there has to be something okay so whatever that looks like to you I had a couple of people in the tea group program that let me pick on Katie so Katie is the owner the founder of a company called scrummy tummies she's all about weaning so little ones introducing food into their lives essentially and we talked about how she could incorporate email and actually start utilizing it and she is doing an incredible job but in terms of what she could offer as a value exchange because she didn't want to go down the discount route we had to sit and think about that that's not a problem So one of the things that Katie offers is a weaning diary and within that she offers a list in the front of it called, I think it's called your first 100 foods. Sorry Katie if you're listening to this and I got that wrong. But essentially it's a checklist of 100 different foods that you can tick off when your child has tried them 
great concept, lovely concept. And it's just one element of her weaning diary. So what we did, what she thought, what she created, was a PDF of that one page. And that's her lead magnet. So yes, she does have a product-based business, but she's giving away an element of it, which in turn to the customer, they're going to see how beautifully designed it is, how valuable it is to them. And actually, she's now redesigned the weaning diary and it's going to have even more on that list. But it just gives people an insight. In the last episode where I talked about if you only sell on Facebook and Etsy, how you can start an email list, I gave away some other ideas as well. And lastly, on the topic of value exchange, the only thing I will say is don't be scared to offer almost like a level of exclusivity. So one of my clients doesn't like doing discounts, but we've kind of come to the, what's the word? Resolution, compromise. Let's go with that. Compromise sounds like a good word. We've come to the compromise that she will run discount days every so often, special events, whatever it may be, but she's only going to send it to her email subscribers. That's the value exchange, a level of exclusivity. So yes, we send regular campaigns. Yes, we keep in touch with her clients, her customers. But for signing up, what they're signing up for is a level of exclusivity. They get the discounts, everybody else doesn't. And if you don't sign up to it, then you just don't get the discounts. It's as simple as that. So of course, I want to keep this episode as short and simple as I possibly can. So now we've talked about value exchange and what you need to kind of give them in return for their email address. I really quickly wanted to run through some places where you can go and promote it. As I said right at the beginning, nine times out of 10, the reason that your email list isn't growing is because you're not telling people about it. So some examples of where you can start screaming and shouting about it. So let's start with the obvious, shall we? Social media. There are so many places on social, regardless of what channels you're using or what channels you're not using, that you can use to promote your email sign up. So Facebook, you can mention it in your cover photo, you know, use an arrow to point to your call to action that Facebook give you and drive it to wherever your email sign up form is. Add very specific posts to your content plan. So if you're posting on Facebook, I don't know, three times a week, even every day, make one of those posts the fact that you have an email list and if you sign up, you'll get XYZ. Fabulous can do the same thing on every single social platform twitter linkedin instagram you know you can add wherever your sign up form is if you've created a separate landing page if it's hosted on your home page add it to the link in your bio that's a topic for a whole nother conversation a whole nother episode but just making sure that you're constantly telling people about it mention it in your stories but just don't forget to tell people how to sign up where to go what they need to do and what be- what benefit is it going to have for them? What are they going to get in return? And then obviously carrying on from social media, we've got the likes of Pinterest. So you could create 10, 20, 30 different pins, just changing the design ever so slightly. And again, just reiterating what that benefit is, what that value exchange is and driving people to sign up that way. Of course, pop it on your website and there are so many places <laughs> to use it on your website. So if you, this is going to very much depend on what platform your website's built on and all of that kind of stuff. 
uh, even down to who you're hosting your emails with, who you're sending your emails with, but just some ideas for you. So if you have the option of using a floating bar, so that's the bar that you generally see across the top of somebody's website, that will generally have some form of marketing message on it. If you look at some websites, it might display a delivery threshold message, but you can use that, test it. You can use that to drive email sign up. Always pop it in your footer. So a footer is displayed on every single page throughout your website. But of course, it's not kind of going to stop somebody in their scroll. It's not going to catch somebody's attention, all of that kind of thing. But it does mean that it's there, it's available to anybody that lands on your website. They can see it on every single page. And if you surround the form itself with the value exchange, the benefit of why they should sign up and what they're going to receive in return, then it will drive some sign up. Idea number three, if you have a blog, make sure that, you know, you integrate it into your blog, whether that's at the end of a blog post, in the middle, don't be scared to mix that up and just constantly keep pushing it. If you've got a sidebar on your blog, pop it in there as well. Again, don't forget about kind of the design and thinking about how you communicate what they're going to get back. And then something I just really wanted to touch on is pop-ups. I mention this to everybody that I work with when it comes to email marketing and every single time I get pushed back and challenged about the fact that pop-ups don't work they don't like pop-ups and therefore they will not have pop-ups on their website and let me tell you like I get it I totally get it everybody hates pop-ups if you were to ask loads and loads of people in fact I found although it feels very very outdated now it's almost 20 years old but Back in the day, back in 2004, I found a study by the Nelson Norman Group uh, that was titled The Most Hated Advertising Techniques and pop-ups was the number one tactic that was negatively affecting websites' visitor experience. That was almost 20 years ago, 17 years ago. So pop-ups aren't a new thing. Pop-ups haven't stopped pissing people off. But I'm... A data person right and I have to say the data it just kind of proves you're wrong a little bit we might all hate them we might all think that we hate them but actually it's a bit like a car salesman we don't like being sold to but we like feeling special we like the end result we like the thing that we're going to get out of it but we don't like knowing that we're being sold to right it's, it's the same thing with pop-ups we might see it and go oh for god's sake but it's now a legality that we have to see a pop-up in order to accept cookies, so we're used to them. That doesn't make them any less annoying, I agree, but the data proves that it does increase your email signups. So this is one of those occasions where I'm kind of going to tell you that you might not like them, but it's really not about you. We have to think, you have to kind of go step back, take a bird's eye view, What's the end goal? Do you want to, you know, increase your email subscribers or not so much? So thinking about that, take that in the least personal way possible, please. But it's about what works. So I found an actual up-to-date study by Active Campaign that showed that you can convert up to 40% of your website traffic into email subscribers. I'm not being funny. If you don't have that pop up, then you might be kind of missing out on email subscribers 
the average conversion rate of sign-up forms when you don't have a pop-up is about half a percent. 0.5%. 0.5% to 40% is a massive difference. So again, just think about what the purpose is. Do you really want to be growing your email list? And another thing that I would mention to bear in mind is around the compatibility on different devices. So Google have actually shared a precise guideline on this particular matter in that if you do have pop-ups on your website, that to avoid any kind of penalty from Google, your pop-up shouldn't uh, prevent your visitors from accessing the main contents of the page. So if you are listening to this and thinking, actually, you know what, Lorna's presented a really good, valid case and I'm going to let the data speak for itself. I'm going to take my opinion out of it and I'm going to add pop-ups to my website. Just bear in mind that you test it across um, desktop, mobile and tablet devices. I almost forgot what that was then. Uh, But specifically thinking about mobile, if you have a pop-up that literally covers the entire screen, you're probably going to lose website traffic and therefore it will just piss people off. So bear that in mind when it comes to the design of it. And you know, there's so much that you can do with pop-ups, but again, it's going to very much depend on who's serving that pop-up. So if you use something like MailChimp, they have built-in pop-ups. But thinking about other ways that you can almost kind of stop pissing people off because I I can feel it, I can sense it. You're, you're sat there thinking, it's just going to annoy people. So there are a couple of things to kind of bear in mind. So there are some very clever pop-up examples. And again, it's very much going to depend on whether you're using something like MailChimp or Optin Monster or whatever it is to host that pop-up. But you could be very clever in thinking about exit intent pop-ups. So these are, I can't actually think of a website that has this off the top of my head. Should have researched that first. But if you... On certain websites, if you kind of hover over or you move towards the exit button, regardless of whether that's the exit on the tab or the exit of your entire web browser, you'll get a exit intent pop up at that point. So it's kind of tracking where your cursor, your mouse is going. And then there's also things like scroll pop ups. So adding a delay to your pop up, aka not showing it the second that they land on your website is a great way to kind of hinder that pissing people off element. If you land on a website and a pop-up comes up immediately, you know, it depends on how how much that person, how much that visitor is bought into your business, how much they want the thing that they're trying to either read or buy or what have you. If you were to delay it for three, four, five seconds, I'm talking seconds, it doesn't piss people off as much. So just something to take into consideration. And then just really, really quickly, another couple of ways that you can be promoting your email sign-up form. So of course, as the world starts to open back up after the pandemic, there I would absolutely encourage you, if you go to any events, to capture people's email addresses there. The caveat to that would be try not to use old traditional pen and paper Generally speaking, you know, when you're face to face with someone, a lot of people don't like confrontation. So if you say, oh, if you drop your email address down there, we'll pop you on our email list. Although that kind of covers you for GDPR, again, I'd still be quite not against it. But 
it's always better if they if they complete a form digitally that you can then track all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, at events, if you can kind of take an iPad or even a phone or something and just say, if you pop your email address in there, they then do it. Bob's your uncle. GDPR is covered. And also with pen and paper, and this I'm talking from experience. So when uh, I worked at a startup drinks company, we would go to a lot of events. And I think for the first couple of events, we did pen and paper. People would make spelling mistakes when I got back to the office. I couldn't read their handwriting all of that kind of stuff. And so actually we lost a big proportion of those people that had signed up to our emails because of human error. So after that, we bought an iPad and we put it on a stand outside the front of our stand, uh, our exhibition space, and it just allowed people to stand there and enter at free will. And then very last idea before I stop rambling, I hope you found this useful, of course, but uh, a good idea is... If you're thinking about or you already incorporate kind of running competitions, then think about how you can almost move that to drive email subscribers. So I had a one-to-one with a lovely lady named Sophie. I won't tell you her business just in case. A little while ago now. And she was kind of just in the beginning stages of launching her business. And she said, you know, strategically, I want to grow my following, yada, 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 get more awareness. And so I'm going to run a competition. And I said, okay, cool. What's the, you know, what do they need to do? And she said, they just need to like and follow. So again, that's a topic for a whole nother conversation about terms of service of Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, whether that's right or wrong. We're just talking about email right now. Um, But I said, okay, how about we flip that? Because, you know, as we all bang on about, likes and follows are just vanity metrics. So the form of entry so for them to enter the competition in the first place they had to sign up to her emails and then there was a level of exclusivity so the winner would be announced via email as well so it was a great way to drive email subscribers of course bear in mind that you may attract people that are what we like to call freebie seekers so you'll find that people will sign up in the hopes that they win the competition and then they'll unsubscribe afterwards and they won't be you know, they never intended on being paying customers. So just bear that in mind. But it is a great way to drive subscribers in the first place. So that's it. I hope I've given you tons and tons of ideas and things to think about. But more importantly, answered the question of how do I grow my email subscriber list? And, you know, given you ideas on how you can actually effectively go away and implement some of those things as well. And yeah that's it as I said if you're listening to this before the 14th of May then the tickets for the email challenge do come off sale on the 14th of May at 1pm I will pop a link to it in the show notes and as always if you found this useful any social shares or any feedback it's always really 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 appreciated And if you've got an email marketing question of your own, then feel free to drop me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Lorna Scully UK and I will add it to the list. But until next time, look after yourselves and I will talk to you really, really soon. Bye bye.